Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Patty's podcast. We're back with season three and uh, we're really excited um, that you've joined us uh, today for this first episode. Um, we've had a really busy year uh, recording uh, new guests and um, it's been it's been really exciting and uh, I've had a good summer. Patty, how has your summer been? I've had a wonderful summer. It's been glorious. It's been great for the garden for many reasons. Flowers flourished, everything seemed to be doing quite well and uh, I had lots of visitors, made lots of lunches, had a really great time and then the summer went on and on and on until we ran out of water. But um, we were lucky enough to go away to see a friend in Morocco for a week. I loved that. That was great. And working on a book. Yeah, so tell us about the, uh, the book. It's finally here. Finally, finally, yes. It's basically a, a photographic book. Photographs of me and by me. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I think it's, it's going to be good. It should come out um, mid-October. So... If you want to get your hands on the book, the best place to go to right now is pattyboy.co.uk. There is a link through to um, where you can pre-order it. So go and do that. Um, comes out mid-October, all very exciting. Um, but from one photographer to another, the guest of this podcast, Patty, tell us who we have. It's with my dear friend, John Swinnell, a fabulous, fabulous photographer. And I would say the best raconteur. I've never heard so many amazing stories. You're going to die laughing. He's so funny. He's so funny. Well, with all of that in mind, this is Cocktails with Patty and John Swinnell. to see you. I, I feel it's been an awful long time, I suppose because of Covid, etc. Yeah. Holding everyone back. But um, here we are. And before I begin chatting to you, I just want to say I'm really happy that you've chosen this as your favourite cocktail, because I love it too. Do you? I didn't realise yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's funny, my, my daughter introduced me to it, and when we go to pubs occasionally, um, and I order it, she said, Dad, it's a girl's, you know, your big girl's blast. It's a woman's drink. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all these guys walk, walking around with pints in their hand and I'm walking around with this, this, <laughs> delicate, <laughs> this delicate little... And I said, who cares? I said, I want it. Do you want <laughs> You're a man, you can do what yeah, you want. Exactly. Absolutely. But this is a good... I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that she wrote down the instructions for us, which is um, two large things of vodka, one of Cointreau or triple sec, yeah. um, lime juice, and a small cranberry. And so it's a very nice pinky colour drink, absolutely delicious. And um, cheers. 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 <laughs> I was trying to remember when we first met, and I can't remember. Have you any God, do you know what? Yes, I can. I can remember exactly when I met you. Isn't okay. that weird? Just, I did, it just yeah. came back to me then. It was, I was working with David Bailey, and he was doing a book called... Um, I'll remember in a minute. It was one of the early books. And um, he was photographing everybody for the book. 
Right. It was, you know, I think it was the end of the 60s. Right. Goodbye, baby, and amen. Oh, I was going to say that's that. That's it. Yeah. It was goodbye, baby, and amen. And he was photographing everybody. And it was great because I was working with him. So I was meeting everybody. It was wonderful. Not, you know, he was always photographing famous people. But he said, we're going to photograph George Harrison and... Um, and Patty Boyd today, and I said, where? And they said, in their country house. So I thought, oh, thank God, this is going to be lovely. And I remember the picture. We went down there, and George was so relaxed, and you were lovely. And, and uh, I think he did a picture of George, and then he did you together. And, you know, he played around, did some, some nice... But that was the first time I met you. And yeah. I, but I knew you in my head for years and years and years. Because um, when the first time I ever saw you was in Hard Day's Night. Uh, on, this, on the train, and this 12-year-old looking, 12-year-old girl was running through the, you know, and uh, of course she was much older than then, but um, how old were you then? Uh, I was 20, Gosh. I think. Yeah, you looked about... 20, 20 or 19, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was such a fun film and everything. And, but, 19, uh, I was 19, God. yeah. And then you went off with, with George, I think, and... When I started to work with Bailey, you, your name came up and George Harris and everything. And you, Bailey said, you know, she used to be with Eric Swain. And um, I'm, I saw Eric, he used to come around occasionally. Good looking fellow, photographer. Um, a wide boy, wasn't he, a bit? Yes, you know? it was. And, um, and Bailey said, I told him, he said, uh, pa he said uh, Patty's my girlfriend and she's, gonna, she's doing work with a beetle. He said, you're going to lose her to a beetle. Bailey knew that. Yes. That's amazing. Just like that. But he, actually, Eric, thought I'd go off with Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> so he got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. wrong. Isn't that God. strange, though? That's, yes. It's really weird. And, in, and then you did. Yeah, how funny. How predictable. How irritating. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you used to work with him, obviously, then. I worked with Bailey a yeah. lot, yeah. yes. A bit before my time, I didn't do... Because I, I, I don't remember working with you, shooting with you. Yeah, I don't remember who he had as, a, as an assistant then. But I did do quite a lot of work with him. Patrick Hunt, does that ring a bell? That no. Was, that, I think that's one of his big assistants. John, I have to mention your fabulous book that's just come out, and I absolutely adore it. Do you like it? Okay. I absolutely yeah. adore <laughs> it. It's so full of glamour, of beauty, of pre-Raphaelite era, which, of course, I love too. And humour. I think you're so funny. And I was thinking one photograph in particular, a close-up of a model with her eyes closed, and then you've got a makeup artist to paint an eye on her eyelid. <laughs> and it's so freaky. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny you know, as well. You know something's wrong, but you're not quite sure what exactly, it is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I love um, the way that you position the, your subject. Because I think I, I do that. I must have copied you in some way, because I, I like to do that. Have my subject not in the centre of the page, of the frame. But to one side, so you've got the rest of the page with to fill with uh, flowers or fields or water things. or yeah, something exactly, else. Yeah. I love that. I've got one photograph I took of Eric, and he's playing at Madison Square Garden, and it's a sort of three quarters of him playing guitar, and he's just one third of the page, and the rest is just black. And somehow it's easier for the eye to sort of travel across the page to the him, image. Yeah. Yes, instead of him being straight in front of you. Yeah, and it's unpredictable as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. which is quite nice. I was thinking the other day about um, film versus digital. Do you ever use film now? No, you know, I haven't used film for 20 years. It started about, because um, the book's 40 years, called 40 Years On, because it's about, it's, it's 40, 40 years of my 
my, 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 although I was working a little bit before that. But about 20 years ago, um, I used to do a lot of those brochures. Um, it was a money-making thing. A lot of photographers did it. Um, they travelled all over the world, you know, with model, because you couldn't... The brochure would come out in in spring, mm. and they had to shoot in the winter. So oh, we'd always right. go abroad. We'd have to, to go Miami, abroad. Usually South Africa, actually, because South Africa was the cheapest at the time. So we'd always fly out to the, these places and stuff. And every year I did two or three of those. And then the, one of my big clients phoned me, said, we're going to, uh, to Cape Town uh, for three weeks uh, in about 10 days' time. I said, yeah, it's in the diary. You mentioned it before. He said, um, but um, it's, I want it all shot on digital this time. I said, um, OK, I'll tell you what, let's not do digital this time because I, I haven't got the equipment. It's just come out. It's so new. And we'll do it the following, following uh, the, the next shoot after this one. He said, no, no, we're going to do it digital this time. Oh, gosh. And... Um, I said, you're 100% sure about this? He said, yeah, I'm 100% sure. It's much better for us. It's cheaper for us. And uh, we, that's the way we're going. That's the direction. And we want to be one of the first to get off the ground. And so it's digital. So, And they were brutal. They said, you know, and I said, it's going to be a bit difficult. He said, John, if you don't want to do it, we'll get someone else. <gasps> that's what they said to me. And um, I said, OK, fine. So my assistant did a crash course. I mean, a real crash course. Because I'm dyslexic and all that digital stuff was a bit sort of heavy for me to get into. And he did the whole thing. We bought 20... Twenty thousand pounds worth of equipment, you know, new equipment. Twenty, uh, 20 years ago, that was worth about. What camera was 50. this? Do you remember? It was a Pentax, um, oh. and um, I remember bringing my other camera with me. On every garment, I did two shots on the, on on my films. Yes. I just had it over my shoulder. So yes. We shot it on digital, and although you can see it on the screen, I still panicked about you know coming you know coming back and then seeing it, nothing's on the film or nothing's on the TV. So I shot everything, every garment. There was about 100 garments, and I shot uh, <laughs> just two, two pictures on my... So I had about sort of 20 rolls of film with um, two of it on each of each garment, just in case. I was that yes. nervous. And we came back, and in fact, everything was fine. It was really good, and it really worked out okay. But it's, it's a worry, you know. In fact, it's, now it's much, much easier. It's much, much easier now, because you, you shoot it, and you look at it on the camera wherever you are in the Caribbean or somewhere. Look at it on the thing, and that's fine and great. And then you, you download it onto this, and you still got it on your chip. And so, if anything happens to that, you got the chip. And if anything happens to the chip, you got it on the screen and everything. And in the old days, I'd bring back eighty, or maybe one hundred and twenty rolls of film. You know, yes. and, and my assistant and I would split it. So she took half of everything, and I took the other half. So if we lost it, we've only, you know, we've got we've covered ourselves. But um, and it couldn't go through uh, the luggage thing. It had to go on the plane with us because of the um, x-rays. Right, of course. Um, and because, uh, you know, Ringo Starr quite famous that he came through with, with some tapes once of the Beatles and it was wiped. It was wiped. And right. yeah, I remember reading that. And uh, it was always that every photographer had this nervous nervousness about that happening. And... Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. One of my assistants was a girl. She was a tough old thing. She's only about five foot tall, but she's tough as old boots. And we were in Zambia, I think, um, or no, Kenya. And we were at the airport in Nairobi, and it's an open air airport, I think. And she had her, you know, the, the, the um, uh, film in her bag and everything. And she went and got, got and I was with the hairdresser. We were sitting there having a drink, waiting for the plane and everything. And, um, and there was a big scuffle over in the corner, and I went to have, have, have a look at And it was some guy, while she was doing, getting logged onto the plane with her ticket, picked up a bag with all the film in it and ran off. <gasps> this six-foot guy. And she ran after him and made a rugby tackle. 
<laughs> in the middle of the airport. This five foot kid <laughs> did a rugby oh, tackle on him. Fantastic. Pulled him onto, got onto the floor, and he was so shocked that this little girl had done this to him. He got up, so embarrassed, and everybody's looking and laughing at him, and he ran off. <laughs> and she didn't tell me. She didn't tell me until I saw her walking back, and everybody was saying, "Well done, well done." And I said, "What is that about?" He said, "She said, well, I didn't want to say, but." Um, he, took the, he took all the film, he ran off with the film. And I said, and you ran after? He said, yeah, I took him down, you know, his rugby tackle. She, I said, you mad? He might have had a knife, he might have had anything. He said, she said, the thought of you, me telling you that I'd lost your film was worse than that. <laughs> I didn't want to lose my job. <laughs> oh my God, so, how wonderful, how brave of her. I'm not kidding, yeah, stunning. <laughs> how brave of her, wow, John. Yes, I used to... Um... I used to have a dark room actually in the garden and I pulled it down probably 10, 15 years ago. I mean, like you, I had my garage and, and after dinner I would go down there and work from sort of 9, 10 o'clock at night till 3 in the morning sometimes, printing everything. Wasn't it wonderful? And it was great. It was so exciting right. and looking for the perfect, perfect yeah. print. And you'd... Uh, try, and one more try. Yeah. One and, more try. And then you'd hang them up and stuff and go down the next morning and they'd dried in at a stop too dark and you'd have to do the whole thing again. <laughs> And it, but, it was never the same yeah, the next day. But mixing up the chemicals and keeping, you know, the, keeping them, uh, you know, the temperatures right. Yes. And and, uh, and I had a, like you probably had music in there as well. And and it was really a nice little den. Yeah. But it was setting everything up was took a long time. It took a long time. So I'd wait till I had quite a few rolls of film to um, process. Yeah. I wouldn't just do one. I'd have a few. And then do the whole thing. My mother used to get very worried that I would be working with all these chemicals. Yes, because some of them are banned. Yeah, some of them are banned. Irvin Penn, do you remember that book, Moments Preserved? Oh, yeah. It's like the Bible of photography. Um, and he, after that book, he got really depressed because he never did another book as good as that because there was a chemical that he used for getting those blacks, that lovely black he used to get, that was banned. So he could never get that same black in any of the other books, and it really depressed him. So that was the Bible. That was a one-off thing. Would never be, you know, it would never, you'd never be repeated. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sad story, isn't it? But he was Very really, sad. really depressed about it. But he was, a, you know, he's a master and a perfectionist. I was somewhere in Spain, I think, and I went to a film studio. Anyway, they were talking about this black that is the blacker than black. It's Japanese. And I ordered a bottle of it, only this size. It's very yeah. expensive. And I thought it'd be nice to paint something black, very black. And then I like photographing flowers, mm. and then just put some flowers in front of it. I, I, it didn't occur to me that there could be a range of blacks. I know, previously. it's strange, yeah, strange. It's extraordinary. It I suppose, in a way, it's like whites that are easier to distinguish. Some whites, you can see, they're rather acidic, yeah. you know, chemically white. And then there's old whites, and mm. a bit of yolk in a white, you know. But black's the same. Yeah, there's, two, there's black and white. Black doesn't have any colour in it whatsoever. Black is just black, but there's different shades of black. Yeah. But white, all the colours of the rainbow are in white. They are. They're all in that white thing, in that white thing. When you look at white, you look at that, all the colours are in there. So with, chem with special ways, you can actually bring out all the colours from that white. Wow. How extraordinary. I can't explain it, but yeah. uh, I've read it a couple of times. Now, I was, sometimes people ask me, what's the difference between a photograph taken with film and a photograph taken digitally. No grain. I always thought that with photography, it was comprised of lots of dots. Yeah, that's the dots. Whereas with digital, it's 
triangles that fix together, making making the image sharper than with the film. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, and and the dots that you're talking about is the grain. Yes. You know, when it when it breaks up. Yeah. And the other one, is fascinating. You said that I'd never thought about that. It probably is. Yeah, when you blow it up really big, it does look diamondy, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. And I never thought about so, that. Because you see, the diamonds are so definitive and so sharp. Yeah. That when you you can blow it up. And it doesn't really lose yeah, it, as yeah. they would lose it with the dots, who don't really sit next to each other very as well as diamonds no, do. No, you're absolutely right. That's something I've, I didn't know. That's really good, yeah. You've travelled extensively and done so many unbelievable fashion shoots of every kind and shooting people. And I suppose you must have some rather amusing stories to go with these glamorous pictures. They all look so calm and serene and so beautiful. <laughs> I bet there have been some sort of amazingly um, funny yeah. things that go on yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of funny things. A lot with Bailey, actually, which I can tell you in a minute. But um, I, was, I went to Peru for the second time, actually. I went with Bailey the first time years ago. And we went to Peru to, um, to, Machu, to Machu Picchu. Yeah, it's in here. Yeah. And um, I love that it's all, the mountains in the back are all dark, stunning. dark blue. Yeah, stunning. Have you, you ever wait? been there? Yes, yeah. did you? It wasn't like that for me, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit of trickery in the photography, yeah. But were you waiting for the, for the sun to yeah, go well, behind Well, the... it was six o'clock in the morning, you know, it's when the sun comes up. Oh, I see. So, oh, uh, right. Because everybody goes there, um, they travel over the mountains, and, and all the backpackers, and they get there at six in the morning, and the hotel that's there, is, I think... Yes, yeah, the got... backpackers' hotel. Yeah, but you probably had a good... A good um, did, you, did you walk? Did you... Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you had a... When you got to your destination, did they have hot showers for you and everything? And Yes. Uh, yeah, so... Cause they, little hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we got there, and um, the team, we got to the gate from the hotel, just walked down the... You know, it's only about 200 yards. Yes. And we didn't have a permit to go in and do the, do the photographs. No permit. And the guy that was... Our guide was useless, absolutely useless. And it was Hilary Alexander with the Daily Telegraph. Yes. And she said, oh, my God, what... What are we going to do? She said, and they, they said, how much is it? And they said, you have to $6,000 if you want to shoot here. Oh, golly. And, and Hilary said, it's out of the question. We've got to cancel the shoot. I said, come on, come on. I said, we've just come five, 6,000 miles. I'm not going to, we can't walk away from this. Let's, let's sit And down. all the clothes and everything. everything. was there. And so let's, we walked back and found this little bench and we sat down. And I said, Look, just give me a minute, give me a minute. I said, okay. And the bugger was, they're all evening dresses as well. You know, so... It's, so what we did, I said, get the girl into the first evening dress and, um, and put a coat around her. And then I'm going to take her in with me with my camera over my shoulder, no tripods. And I'm just going to go in. And then all of you follow me one by one, though. But put all the, all the dresses in a, in a bag so it doesn't look obvious. It looks like you're a tourist. Split them up between you. So we walked in. I got there and I walked in. And there's about six guards all over the place, you know, wandering around, making sure that nobody touches, you know, moves any stones or whatever. So... I said to my assistant, just keep an eye on the guy, guy the guides and stuff, um, the um, blokes, security. And I found her, I got the place for her, I got the background, everything right. And I was there and we looked around. I said, OK, throw your coat off. She threw her coat off. Hillary caught it, went behind a rock with it, and I started shooting. I just got, I did about sort of 30 <laughs> pictures. And I said, OK, back on again, back on again. Then she went off behind a rock and put another dress on. <laughs> and we had six shots to do. Yeah. And... I was on the fifth one. I was moving around trying to find spots and miss it, trying to miss these guys so they didn't see us. My, my sixth shot, they caught, they caught us, they had it and threw us out, yeah. So I, didn't, I only got five out of the six shots, but I said to Hillary, better than nothing. <laughs> so the, one, the ones in there, are the, the, some of the five shots that I got. John, that's <laughs> unbelievable. 
This is absolutely beautiful. This is a girl in a, in a long black strapless evening dress and she's on a horse. And the horse is rearing up and the wind's and it blowing. it looks as if it's on, the skirt <laughs> is on the horse. <laughs> it's so fantastic. She's obviously you can ride. Well, no. that, that's all comped together. Yeah, there's a picture in Country Life of um, Stubbs. He had a horse up on his hind legs like yes. that. And a photographer friend of mine, he photographed a horse in a studio like Stubbs to do, do a Stubbs thing. And it was just, that's the picture and he shot, that's his picture. And it, I said to him, I've got an idea, I've got a photograph of Nancy Delalio and it was um, Robin Morgan, who you know. Yes. Robin said to me, John, go away and photograph it. Don't come back with ordinary. I want, I want something really out of the ordinary that I've never seen before, okay? All, all editors say that. Yes. Come back with I want a, the most sensational you ever. So I got a rocking horse and I got this designer to design this dress for me. And I put her on the rocking horse and I got a wind machine in her hair, blowing, blowing her hair. And uh, I had her hand down by the dress and we shaped, the, this is the shape of the dress on the rocking horse. And then when I got it exactly right, I phoned this guy that did the horse I said look I've got a picture of the Sunday Times colour supplement to do you don't want to share it with me he said what do you mean I said I'd like to use your horse in the picture as a, as a, a, and put a girl on it he said yeah I'd be honoured he said that would be wonderful and that's what I did and when I sent it in to Robin in fact we had lunch I had lunch with him and Nancy at um, La Caprice and showed him the pictures and he went fucking hell he said how'd you do that and I said to Nancy don't say a word to anybody. Don't let anybody know what we did. You were on that horse, okay? She said, I promise you. I promise you. I said, because if you do, that would mess up everything. And Robin said, I don't believe her. And I said, she's a great horsewoman. <laughs> <laughs> he said, is she? I said, yeah, she's unbelievable. I mean, look at that. You know, in the studio, it's pretty amazing. He said, it is bloody amazing. He said, I, I don't believe this. He said, yeah, I'm going to put this on the cover. And it was, it was wonderful. And then the Daily Mail phoned me and said, how do you do that picture? And I said, what do you mean, how do I do it? You know, she's a great horsewoman. He said, get away, you know, that's too good to be true. And you know they put two journalists on it to find out how I did it. And they got, they got all the magazines. They found the country life with a horse in it. And they found the designer who designed the dress. And Nancy wouldn't say anything, thank God. And um, they double paste bread, how John Swanell fooled everybody. How fantastic! And, uh, and I made a lot of money at it because they run it for. And then they phoned me and said, "You still say it's as, as an original pitch?" I said, "Yeah, I'm still saying that, even though the, you know they had all the." It, and so they <laughs> did another another page. John Swanwell's lied to the paper. You know, <laughs> in the meantime, yeah. they're using my picture of double page spread. I'm getting a thousand quid every time they print. I get a thousand quid. <laughs> so I said, "Carry on, carry, carry on." on. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that story. That's, but it's a great, great <laughs> photograph. Now, I think I've been here. This is Bhutan, isn't yeah. it? Is this a monastery near um, Timpu? No, it's near uh, Paro. Paro, yes. Yeah, yeah Paro. Tiger's Nest, we, I wanted to go up there and photograph up there. And I was telling Joanna Lumley before, before I went out there. Mm. She said, I said, and I've seen in the picture, I've seen pictures in it done some research this place tiger's nest is it good she said it's fantastic it takes a day to get up there on mules you know yeah and um she said let me tell you something when you go up when you're on the horses she said because it's only the width of this this room the path and there's a thousand foot drop mm. so you're going around the mountain going yeah. up she said keep the horses away from the edge she said because um marijuana's marijuana's grown all the way up and the horses eat it and 
get said hi, and some of them go over the edge. No, yes. no. And I told Hillary Alexander this, she, and Hillary walked the whole way. She wouldn't get on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just wouldn't get on the horse. Oh gosh, <laughs> isn't that weird, John? That is. We didn't actually go to Tiger's Nest, but we saw it from Pyro. You can see it. Pyro, yeah, yeah. yes. And it looked amazing. And then we walked sort of almost around it. We didn't actually go yeah. to it. But what an extraordinary building it is. It isn't it just... What wonderful history. And, and you wonder how on earth they built it all those hundreds of years ago. Well, it's actually built in the 30s, 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, completely fooled me then. Yeah. No, what happened? It, something happened to it. And they built it exactly I, the way it was. There was one there, wasn't yeah, there? there was one there, okay. yeah. Because a guy came in on Tiger, didn't he? That was the idea. Yes. Tiger's Nest. But it was, it's, it's built exactly the way it was. In the tradition it was, everything's exactly the same. Yes. But it was in the 30s. It either burnt down or something happened to it. I can't remember. But it looks unbelievable. We never made it to it because it took too long. We had to turn back because it was getting dark. We had to turn back. We didn't Who did get, you? We didn't get right to it. I mean, even with our binoculars, it looks a long way yeah, away. Yeah. I'm just mad about this book, John, obviously. I just love it. There's a very funny story in the beginning of... Um, when you were working with Bailey. Bailey had allowed you to work with him and um, at Vogue. And you were full of nerves. Yeah, and you put the camera on the tripod and something happened and it crashed down. It fell uh, off the tripod yeah. onto the floor. The guy, that, smithereens. the guy that gave out the job. That must have, you must have died. I did. I, thought, I looked at my career on the floor. Oh. I mean, it was in pieces, the, the, the camera. And, um, and it took me a lot to get that get that gig to work with him because there was a six assistants and I was the youngest. I was only 19 or 20. Right. Yeah. And um, it was a bugger. And then um, I was, yeah, I was shaking. And uh, the, when I went to change the camera, I flicked the thing and the thing shot off because it was a little thing. You just slid it on and off. Yeah. And I flicked it to it, came onto the floor, smashed it into the floor. And it made such a noise. Everybody stopped. You know, the <laughs> models, everybody froze and looked round oh at me. You know, you know where you want to find a hole somewhere to call it that. Oh. And Bailey stood there looking at me and looking at the camera, kept doing that and that. And uh, he said, What's, what was all that about? And I said, well, this is gadget, you know, it's really quick. You can slide the camera on and off quickly instead of screwing it on. He said, it didn't work very well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, tell Bo they owe me a camera. I love that. How and sweet of him. And I uh, picked all these bits up, you know, with the dustpan and brush and put it in a bag and went down to Vogue. And it was, I remember it was, it was 74 pounds, I think. And they took it out my wages every month, every month, but only for one month or two months. Yes. And um, and then I thought that was it. And then six weeks later, Bailey was in again. You looked on the board to see who you were working with, and I thought I'd blown it. It's completely blown it. And then I looked on the board, and my name was under him. He had his own assistant. You were a second assistant. And I said to Derek, who gave out the jobs, I said, Derek, you put my, you got my name under Bailey. He said, That's right. And I said, Well, you know what happened last time. He said, Okay. Is he, have you cleared it with him? He said, Yeah. Well, I asked him who he wanted. He said. I'll have that dickhead that spoke my camera last week. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was enthusiastic. I liked his enthusiasm. <laughs> so that's how I got to work with him as a second assistant. Um, and then um, we had to go down to the East End um, to um, photograph the Craig brothers, and his assistant wouldn't go. And, um, and I said, he said, it's a sat. He said, you have to come with me. I said, okay, fine. I said, what are you doing? He said, we're doing the Craig twins. I said, who are they? I didn't, I didn't know who they know. were. I didn't know oh, them because I, I was only 19. Oh, that was lucky. Yeah, you were a little boy. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh. So anyway, after that, he gave me the job full time. So, you know, I, I was there. And then we travelled everywhere and we did some wonderful things. Talking about funny trips, we went to Hawaii and we were on this boat. We got up early in the morning to go to do some swimsuits. And um, we were in this boat 
traveling along like this. There's the hotel, it's called Kona Village, and the only way in was by a private plane, little plane, because there was, it was no runway, it was that private. Right. American Vogue were paying for this trip, and Bailey said, I want a boat tomorrow to go. And the, and the 27-year-old Swedish guy that ran the hotel, very bright guy, said, oh, I'll take you, we've got a converted fishing boat, and I'll drive you there. So we were all in the boat, and we're going along like this, and there's the horizon here, and there's the beach, and we were about 500 yards from the beach or whatever. And it was before the sun came up, because Bailey wanted to get the sun early in the morning. And the sun came up over here like this, mm -hmm. and we all turned golden. And I was sitting on the end of the boat, I remember. And the boat was only about maybe a bit longer than this room. It wasn't big. Yes. And the sun came up, and we all turned golden. And I'm sitting on the edge of the boat, putting my hands in the water, and it's turquoise, and it's like a bath. And I look across at the beach, which is golden, with all these little huts on the beach where we were living. Yes. And behind it was Jurassic Park, you know, wow. mounted it. And I thought, I've arrived. I said, you know, I just thought, it's one of my first trips. And it was Gene Trimpton's last trip, actually, funny enough. And I thought, God, I've arrived, you know. I've, just, I've arrived, you know, come from nothing. And here I am in, in Hawaii, you know, couldn't believe it. And then suddenly, everything went dark. And, uh, and it got really cold, suddenly cold. And uh, we all looked to the sun because we thought a cloud had gone across the sun. Yes. But it hadn't. There was a tidal wave coming to a 60-foot high tidal wave and the reason it was cold it was a wall of water and everybody all we, we all went white as a sheet and I know it sounds crazy and I've told this story when I give lectures uh, but before I left a couple of weeks before I left I saw a film called High Wind in Jamaica yeah and in that film there was a galleon ship and there was a tidal wave and it was going like this on the side on and the captain told the the the, the guy to turn the boat the galleon into the ship okay. and they rowed it yes and I screamed at this guy who wasn't a, you know, he was just the manager of the hotel. I said, turn it into the, turn it into the thing, quickly, quickly, quickly. So it was like this, and it went like that. He turned it and turned it, and we just caught it, and we went up like this. Ooh, um, I mean, it was like almost 90 degrees, and everybody fell to the bottom of the boat. Cameras, tripods, models, camera, makeup art. Everybody fell to the bottom of the boat, and it felt like it took 10 minutes to get to the top. It was only probably five seconds off, you know. But we went up to the top, got to the top, and then went down at like 100 miles an hour, like a ski slope. Because wow. we were so high up, we just shoot it. And then everybody fell down to the front of the boat. And everybody's arms and legs and people knocking their heads and a few bruises and all that kind of stuff. And then we settled and it stopped. And then everybody looked at each other and started holding each other's... Tell me I dreamt that. Did I dream that? And they said, no. And Bailey said, of course you didn't fucking dream it. It really happened. And I said, Jesus Christ. And then another one came. No. About 30 foot high. We went up over there and then one 10, 10 feet high. They come in threes, everybody. And... So they always come in threes. Yeah, evidently, yeah. Oh, okay. So, cut to three months ahead now. Three, I'm three months back in London. Two months, and I go to this dinner party in Hampstead. Funny enough, and there's about twelve people around the table, and this woman I'd never met her before. I, I only knew half the people. And she said, "Mr. Swanow, I heard about Hawaii," and I said, "Oh yeah." She said, "Yeah, I heard about that tidal wave, that sixty-foot tidal wave you're in." Now everybody puts their knives and forks down. Said, "You're in a tidal wave," and I said, "Yeah." They said, "My God, weren't you scared?" I said, "To." Happened too fast. I said, we didn't have time to get scared. He said, she said, could have been killed. All of you, this woman's you know, shouting away. Could have been killed. He was so lucky. You know, you were so lucky and so was everybody else. Thank God Bailey was with you. And I said, how's that? He said, well, if he hadn't told the guy to turn the boat into the wave, you'd all be dead. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so there were two, two stories going on. Yes, yes, yes. So, and I yes. mentioned it to him. I said, I never said that. No, no. <laughs> oh, hello. Of course you did. He's always the hero. <laughs> How funny. So it was quite but funny. how really scary. It was bloody scary. Did you get the shot after all? 
Are you carried on? Yeah, although we were all kind of, you know, not damaged or anything, but there was a few cuts and break, you know, the, and we carried on, did the shot. He insisted we go on, carried on. But he was, he was actually quite good. He was a great, the best, he was the best guy I've ever worked for. He treated me like a brother. He was unbe unbelievable. Yeah. We were in India for five weeks and I was so missing my girlfriend. Everybody was missing their partners and, and we wanted to go home and we had another three days to go. And we were in this jungle, in this big truck, going to this hotel, the last three days for the last shoot, last of the shoot. And we were all really tired and depressed and stuff. And we get to this opening and there's this white building, like an old colonial palace. Yeah. And it looked beautiful, just like a big square thing with all the windows. And it was pale green at the white at the top, pale green going darker and darker to the bottom. It looked so beautiful. I mean, stunning. And as we got closer, I realised that the dark green was lizards. They were all lizards. And as it got to the bottom, the lizards were one on top of another, like this. So that's, that's why they got darker. And we got there, and the models, were, the models weren't happy, and there was no window panes or anything. There was no windows, no, no window pane. We went in and um, checked in and went to our rooms, no mosquito nets, nothing. And I phoned down, I said, you know, aren't we supposed to have mosquito nets? It's really humid. He said, um, he said oh, don't worry about the mosquitoes. He said, the lizards will eat those. <laughs> 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 and so anyway, we came down to dinner that night. Everybody's a bit down in the mouth. And um, Bailey saw this and bought some champagne. And they said, come on, guys, it's only three days. He said, um, and anyway, I've got some good news. He said, um, um, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton are shooting five miles from here and it's their last day today and they're going to come and join us for dinner tomorrow night. Perfect. And we all looked at each other. And, really? They're going to have dinner with us? And they said, we all cheered up. There's about six of us. We're all gonna, we really cheered up. And so we had the champagne. It was really nice. And we shot the next day in the heat and everything. That evening we came down to dinner and Bailey said, um, oh, the, the shoot just run over. So it's going to be tomorrow night now. Sorry, but they did phone through, you know. And um, the... Um, the third night, he made up another excuse. Of course, there was no, there was no Elizabeth Taylor. He was just, he was trying to keep her puckers up. Oh <laughs> no, no! Yeah, because and then he said, you know, the, the shoots just run over, and that we we've got to go back tomorrow, so we're going to miss them, you know. Oh, sure. And I was on the plane back with him. <laughs> yeah. I said there was no Elizabeth Taylor, or no film, or but was it? And he said. No, there wasn't, he said, but you all look so down, I had to do something. <laughs> oh, isn't he funny? Yeah. Gosh, he's funny. Yeah. So, uh, but good idea. I tell good you what, plan. he kept us going for three it days. It worked, it worked. He really kept us going for three days. Gosh, John, well done, <laughs> well done. Yeah, so adorable. But I think this is the most charming. That was for a stamp. That was a Queen Mother's 100th birthday. Was it really? Yeah, it was a stamp. And um, uh, a stamp, it was a book. And then the stamps went round their heads like this. Oh. So oh. I had to plan exactly where they sat. Otherwise, the, the stamp could go right through a, or right through his chin. You know, so I, I had to plan it. So I had to get four people exactly the same height as those, put the chairs, put every, everything ready, ready to go. And then they just come in and sit in the same places. Yes. And I've got a thing in the camera, a, a, a little tracing. Yeah. And, then, and then I could shoot them. And I d even put... Um, uh, big uh, uh, feet marks where his feet are and where his feet are so they could stand in those. And the Queen came in and said, uh, what's this? And uh, I explained what I had to do and it was difficult, you know, to make sure it's got to be exactly... And she said, those feet, what feet are those? I said, that, that's your, uh, your grandson, uh, William's feet. She said, William, my God, you've got big feet. <laughs> <laughs> and all the crew that were filming it, BBC were filming it. They, oh, everyone was laughing. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing was when I did Princess Diana and the kids, yes. um, 
Anna Harvey, she phoned me one day and said, because she used to style her, she said, can you photograph a friend of mine and her children? And I said, yeah, of course. I said, who is it? She said, can I tell you nearer the time? Yeah, this is, this is the shoot, yeah. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, and then I forgot all about it. And then about three or four days before, um, I phoned her. I said, who am I shooting, by the way? The, what? He said, Diana and the, and the boys. And I said, oh, well, that's great. Sounds good. I'm in the studio. I got the table tennis in for the boys while she's doing her makeup because they might be bored. Yes. So, um, and while she was having her makeup done, I played them both. I um, uh, played William and I beat him easily. And, and Harry beat me like 21 2. Oh, wow. I said, You played before, haven't you? He said, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite funny. But anyway, in the studio, so I'm sitting on a table like this actually, and with the phone, the cross legged phone on the hand, and the door was behind me. And. Um, it was, I think she was coming at two o'clock and it was 1.30, so I had half an hour and I was talking to a friend. Suddenly I get a tap on her shoulder and I turn around and nose to nose, it's Diana, right? And when I say, I, I go, oh, and I drop the phone on the floor, on the, floor, on the table, yes. bounces onto the floor yes. and I stood up and said, Mum, I'm really sorry, I didn't realise, I thought you were going to be too... She said, I'm sorry, I'm early, listen, I'm sorry to interrupt your phone call, you carry on. I said, should I go and get my makeup done, I'm really sorry to interrupt, you know. I said, no, no, it's not at all, I'm sorry I wasn't there to, you know, meet you at the door. She said, no, you carry on, John, fine. And she went, I'll do my makeup, see you in a minute. So she went off and I picked up the phone and, and the guy at the end and said, what was all that about? I said... Oh, it's Princess Diana. She just came in, just tapped me on the shoulder and made me jump. He said, yeah, sure, she did. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yeah. I didn't go, you know. Um, another hat thing that I, um, when Bay and I worked with him, he was photographing John Lennon and Yoko Ono. And um, he'd photographed John and he said, uh, John, you're going to take a seat at the back of the studio with John and I'm going to do Yoko now. So he was photographing you. And I'm sitting at the couch with the back with John Lennon. He rolls up a joint. And he finished the rolls up the joint and he said, John, do you smoke? And I said, yeah, sure, sure, being cool. I never smoked a cigarette, let alone a joint. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said uh, you sure? He said, yeah. I said, sure, yeah, yeah, you know, being cool as I can. So he takes a smoke, takes a couple of drags, passes it to me. I take a drag, go, and I'm coughing my heart out. He's patting me on the back like that. He said, you don't smoke, give me that joint, you're wasting it. <laughs> <laughs> And I told that story yes. in the pub that night to some friends of mine. Yes. And again, they said, OK, Pinocchio, sure you did. <laughs> Nobody, because, you, you know... They can't believe it. No. John, so, how lovely. Because that happened all the time, because he was photographing those people all the time. Sweetie, I could sit here all afternoon and turn into the evening. <laughs> That's been lovely. I'm afraid I'm, I'm going it. to have to um, call a halt now. OK. And thank you so much. It's been really lovely talking to you on this podcast. I hope you'll listen to it. No, you have to tell me when it comes out and everything. Oh, I will, definitely. Good, good. I want to thank you, John, so much for a most wonderful episode. I was rolling about with laughter, even listening back to it, John. So, so funny. You're wonderful. And as well as being one of the best, best, best photographers, thank you so much. And I'm still loving your book. Anyway, this is the book that we were talking about. This is a wonderful book. It's called 40 Years On, and it's a great, great book, and it shows the diversity of his wonderful photography. I'm mad about him. Amazing. Thank you so much, John, for uh, sharing those stories. I kind of feel like we could do an entire series just going through his photos, and each episode would be a brand new photo. The, the stories attached to them are amazing. So thank you for sharing. And um, the cocktail that he introduced, um, I realised we didn't actually get the name of it, but I believe it's a cosmopolitan. So if that's your cocktail, check it out. Um, the ingredients were obviously shared at the beginning, which is good. Um, so try it out, let us know what you think. 
And if you've enjoyed this episode, would love it if you'd leave a review. You can leave a review with uh, Apple Music or if you're watching this on YouTube, leave some comments uh, down in the, uh, the comments section and uh, give us a like and uh, subscribe. That'd be great. We've got a ton more episodes to come and uh, we're really excited for this season three. So we hope you enjoy it. And uh, for everything podcast related, go to pattyspodcast.co.uk. For everything else, go to pattyboyd.co.uk. And uh, we'll see you next time.